You're listening to Restoration Grace Radio. My name is Mike Franzone, and this is Restoration Grace Radio. Restoration Grace Radio. I want to again thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, I want to remind you that Restoration Grace Radio is a listener-supported program. We exist because of your love. And if you want to be part of this program, you can email me at Michael Franzone. That's M I C H A E L. F-R-A-N-Z-O-N-E that's Michael Franzone at yahoo.com and check us out on Facebook at Restoration Grace Radio and there's a rebroadcast if you missed tonight or missed the last half of tonight you can catch us next Monday afternoon actually at 12 p.m. we're on every Monday for a rebroadcast on the same station 90.3 FM at 12 o'clock p.m. here again Restoration Grace Radio tonight Caleb, the courage of Caleb. I call Caleb in the Bible there in the Old Testament Captain Courageous, and that's exactly who he is. So what we're going to do tonight is glean, glean from Numbers 13, Numbers 14, and from Joshua 14 and Joshua 15, glean some principles of courage that we can apply to our lives. So I'm going to turn my Bible here tonight to uh, Numbers chapter 13. I want to go ahead and read a few verses to you, kind of get our feet wet, get our feet into it tonight. Numbers 13 verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. Now I'm skipping all the way to verse 25 of Numbers 13. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land and where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. Nevertheless, now we can pull over and park at that word. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, the giants. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea among the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Now we're going to stop right here. According to Deuteronomy chapter 1, it was the people who first requested the spies be sent out. And after Moses challenged them to go out, and later on Moses said, okay, so let's go out and 
let's take the land, guys. Let's go and get it. And the people said, no, no, no. Let's get some spies out there. Let's kind of check it out. And Moses said, okay, let's go ahead and do that. So that's exactly what they did. So these spies were picked out, leaders of the different tribes, and they were sent out to get valuable information and determine the nature of the land, the strengths, and the weaknesses of the people. Not to take a vote on whether to obey God or not. Let me repeat this because I think there's an application here for all of us and especially especially for our churches. The spies were sent out to get information. They were to determine the strengths and the weaknesses of the people. They were not sent out to take a vote on whether they are to obey God or not obey God. God had already said, this land is yours, go out and take it. And somehow, it turned into a vote on whether they were going to obey God or not obey God. Many churches are paralyzed and even damaged because they've got this in their mindset that the people have to vote on every little thing. Which bathroom do, do we use today, right? What the pastor has to spend, he's got to spend $5 on something. And they nitpick and they micromanage. And many times, the pastor is faced with a question, and he hears God, totally biblical, wants to grow, wants to go on with God. But it is the people who are just so caught up in this people voting on every little issue that many times they vote to disobey God rather than to obey God disrespecting the man of God, disrespecting the pastor as well. Ten spies came and they brought an evil report. And we'll see later on that they exaggerated the dangers of the people in the land. And what these ten spies did, they stirred up fear, they instilled fear, and they discouraged the people. You can encourage people or you can discourage people. The Bible says that they discourage people with their evil report. And they expose the faithless attitude and the cowardice of the Israelites. But there was a man. There was a man by the name of Caleb who the Bible says had a different spirit who wholly followed the Lord. Now we can also put Joshua in that same category as well, but tonight we want to speak about Caleb and his courage. Now, when you go back and look at the etymology of the Hebrew word, you go back and it translate, the Hebrew word actually translate to mean dog. Now, maybe <laughs> maybe he was a little rough around the edges, right? Maybe he was a little un, an unpolished pearl. But you know what? Sometimes there's a priceless pearl inside of that uh, shell as well. And maybe he was a dog because he was so obedient and willing to follow his master. But there's so much more. You see, there's another part of that word as we get to say. Now, the origin of the word is the word dog. But there's another part of the word as we continue to, to find out what it actually means and what the name Caleb means. The word speaks of having a heart, being all heart. And my friend, that's exactly what Caleb was. He was all heart, 
a little rough around the edges. He had a lion's heart. The Bible says he was a man mighty in spirit. He was a man of holy heat, a man of noble daring, a man whose complete heart, mind, soul, and body belonged to God. Maybe he was a dog. You see, he was God's best friend. But he was all heart. Because the Bible says that he wholly, completely, without reservation, followed God. Now let me define courage for you. The dictionary version is the ability to do something that frightens one. The ability to do something that you know is difficult and dangerous. The mental and moral strength to persevere and withstand danger, fear, and difficulty. And all of that is right. Now, in the Bible, the, uh, in the Greek language, the word courage means boldness or confidence. And it means the willingness to say or do the right thing regardless of the earthly cost. The willingness to do the right thing and say the right thing, no matter what it costs you, no matter what the earthly cost is, because there is an eternal reward for you. And where does it come from? The Bible speaks in in Proverbs about having the courage and boldness of a lion. The Bible speaks in the book of Acts about the, the apostles who had great courage. And for the Christian and for the believer, it comes from being forgiven absolutely forgiven past, present, and future. For the Christian, it comes from trusting God completely. For the Christian, it comes by the filling of the Holy Spirit and understanding that God is in control. Trusting God when things look absolutely impossible. C.S. Lewis, the Oxford Don, the prolific writer of philosophical, theological, and even children's books, he said this one time about courage. He said, courage is not simply one of the virtues. It is the form of every virtue at the testing point. He is absolutely right. Because without courage, faith, hope, and love are nothing. And they're more than just emotional breezes, all right? Cervantes wrote this. He who loses wealth, loses much. He who loses friends, loses more. But he who loses his courage, loses all. So tonight, let's look at these passages here, Numbers 13 and 14, Joshua uh, chapter uh, 14 and 15. And I want to glean six principles regarding courage from the life of Caleb. And the first thing is this, courage is perspective. It's all how you look at things. Remember the children of Israel in Numbers chapter 13, verse 33. Let me read that to you. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Courage is perspective. I read the story this week of three people who were visiting and viewing the Grand Canyon. There was an artist and a pastor and a cowboy who all came together to look at the mighty Grand Canyon. 
and as they stood on the edge of the massive abyss, each one responded with this cry of exclamation. Excited, the artist said, Ah, what a beautiful scene to paint! And the minister cried, What a wonderful example of the handiwork of God! And the cowboy mused, What a terrible place to lose a cow! They all had their different perspective. And you see, the children of Israel had what we call the grasshopper complex. They saw the grasshopper complex, and they said that when we saw these giants, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. We were like grasshoppers, he says, in our own sight. We even felt bad about ourselves. And see, there are those believers who see the glass as half empty or half full. The half empty Christians look for the worst in every situation, and they live in what I call the comfort zone, the prison of paralysis. But Caleb saw something different. He had a divine and eternal perspective. Caleb saw victory. In Numbers chapter uh, 13, verse 30, he said this, Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and he said, Let us go up at once and take possession. For watch, we are able, the glass is half full, we are able to overcome it. And then in Numbers chapter 14, verse 89, he says this, If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Watch. And the warning from Joshua and Caleb was this, Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And when he says they are our bread, he says we can eat them alive. We can win. We can win this battle. And you know, folks, we all face challenges in life, don't we? But it is courage that keeps those challenges in proper perspective. And without it, every challenge looks like a giant. And without courage, we feel like the size of a grasshopper, and we have the same thing going on with us that went on with the other guys, the grasshopper complex. And without courage, risks are never taken, and without risk, nothing of any consequence is ever accomplished. How our churches need to understand that. How our pastors need to understand that. How our people in our congregation need to understand that. That courage is all about taking a risk. Life is not going to be easy all the time. God didn't call us to settle down he called us to live dangerously and he called us to take risk and nothing of any consequence, any that means anything is ever going to be accomplished unless you're willing to walk out there and get on the water and walk on the water and meet Jesus. Well, that brings me to the second gleaning, the second principle of courage we find in Caleb's life. Courage is freedom. Courage is freedom. There is a certain freedom in life if you have been at death's door and survived. I can't tell you the countless stories that I've heard all the years I've been in the ministry 
of people who had said they were at death's door and they survived from a miracle of God and every one of them said that it absolutely changed their life. One man said, how can you kill a man who is already dead? I thought about this story this week. It's a true story. You know, one of the bridges that crossed the, the Seine River there in Paris is called the Pont de Lina or the Jena Bridge. And the bridge was ordered to be built by Napoleon. He was celebrating his great victory of the Prussians there in 1806, and he built this bridge, and the bridge, which included five arches, spanned uh, 508 feet. It took six years to construct, and it was opened over 70 years before the Eiffel's famous tower was erected, only a few yards away. But years later, after Napoleon's empire collapsed and the Allies of that day had captured Paris, there was a Prussian general, Blucher. He decided to blow up that bridge. He wanted to erase the record of Napoleon's great triumphs. And then there was the Duke of Wellington, who was the hero at Waterloo, and he saw the bridge was useful. They were allies. And so he realized, you know, we really can't blow that bridge up. So to stop his allies' plan, what he did was posted an English sentry on the bridge, one man. And the Prussians tried hard to get rid of the sentry, but he would not leave his post. And it is recorded that the sentry stated this, You may blow up the bridge if you like, but I will not stir from here. And by the way, the sentry didn't move, and the bridge was saved. There's an old adage that states, It is hard to overcome a man who won't quit. As I say, you can't kill a man who is already dead. My friend, in Numbers chapter 14, verse 10 and 14, I want you to listen to Numbers chapter 14, verse 10. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. After Joshua and Caleb made the plea and said it's time to obey God, don't rebel against God. The Bible says that all the congregation said to stone them with stones. And then in verse 24, But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went, bring him into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. Wow. So here they were facing death. But the Bible says that Caleb had a different spirit. A different spirit. It was not only a bold and noble and courageous spirit. What that word means in the Hebrew is he was under the influence. I believe under the influence of the Spirit of God, which raised him above earthly fears. It didn't matter to them if they took stones to stone him. Even though the people wanted to kill him and Joshua for standing up for what God had already said. But when you're under the influence, when you have a different spirit, it raises you above earthly fears. Freedom to be all God wanted him to be. Not strapped down to what people think he should be. It was all about what God wanted him to be. The catalyst for all freedom is courage. If you want to launch a business, courage. Do you want to start a new career? 
courage. Do you want to start a new ministry? Courage. Do you want to share your faith? Courage. And the only thing that preserves freedom, as we know, is courage. Boy, I hope those worms in Washington are listening. Yes, we need to be cautious and not reckless. I understand that. But even a turtle won't get anywhere unless he sticks his neck out. Freedom is the one thing, is what perseveres. The only thing that preserves our freedom today is the courage. Courage is freedom. And number three, courage is confidence. Caleb was a man of faith. Faith is not ethereal. Watch. Faith is not something you just talk about or floats in the clouds somewhere. Faith, the Bible says, is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You can hold faith. You can touch faith. You can squeeze faith. The Bible says that faith is real. The Bible says faith is action. And by the way, when you have faith, faith is always tested. If we go back to Joshua, Joshua 14, verse 8, 9, 10, 11, it says this. Let me just read some of these verses here. In verse 8, Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly follow the Lord my God. Again in verse 9, he says, uh, Caleb says, I wholly follow the Lord our God. And in verse 10, he says, And behold, the Lord has kept me alive, he said, these 45 years. And here I am, I'm 85 years old today. And then in verse 14, Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb. And it says again, he wholly followed the Lord. And you can actually put the word fully follow the Lord. And here is Caleb, completely, with no reservation, sold out to obey God. He never walked before God. He walked with God, or he followed God. We, we can never outrun God's providence. We follow the Lord, like the pillars of fire, like the shepherd, like the captain. Caleb followed the Lord. Courage is confidence. And Caleb had great faith. And he was a man of faith. And the, because of that, he wholly followed the Lord. And number four, courage is fighting. Now, not contentious or being ornery or argumentative, right? There's some people in churches think they have the gift of orneriness. Every time they say the sky's, you say the sky's blue, they say it's green. They disagree with everything. But Joshua chapter 14, verse 11. He says, I am as strong this day on that day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then. Now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Wow. Courage is fighting. And we know the Bible says that he was able to go up and fight and he basically kicked the giants out and took over the land. Matter of fact, here in verse chapter 15, verse 14, Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak from there. These are giants. He drove them out. Here's an 85-year-old man. What has happened today to many of our leaders? Is there not a cause? It seems everybody has freedom of speech today except Christians. Truth has fallen, the Bible says. Truth in Isaiah fifty nine fourteen. Truth has fallen, 
has fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter, the Bible says. Mob rule is the norm today here in America, and our leaders have no stomach to stand for what is right, no common sense. America is like a battleship floating through a war zone today. She's taken one bomb hit after another, one torpedo after another. The flag is at half-mast. Holes are gaping. And my friend, now is the time for Christians to stand up and fight. Get a backbone. Get some passion. You worship the God of the universe. The Bible says in Isaiah 59, 19, When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Courage is about fighting and that's standing for what's right. And number five, courage makes decisions. Courage is a decision that is made in conflict. It may be a moral conflict. It may be an ethical conflict. It may be an opportunistic conflict. Admiral William Halsey once said this, There are not great men, there are only ordinary men, who because of extraordinary circumstances are forced to meet great challenges. Heroes aren't born, they are cornered. Caleb chose to follow God and Moses' leadership. Caleb wandered with all the faithless children of Israel. You realize that even though God had promised him, he had to wander through the, with the faithless children of Israel. They died out in the wilderness. He suffered. He suffered with them. But he never blamed God. He never whined and complained. He made a choice to stay and honor his commitment. And God honored that. And number six and last, courage is visionary. Courage is visionary. Do you remember verse 10, 11, and 12? He says this, Give me this mountain. He says, I shall be able to drive them out. That's the giants. As the Lord has said. He says, give me this day, give me this mountain in verse 12. I can drive these giants out. God has given me supernatural strength. Courage is visionary. Give me this mountain. Now, I have to ask you this question, and I want you to listen very carefully tonight. What would you attempt for God if you knew you couldn't fail? Let me ask you that again. What would you attempt for God if you knew you couldn't fail? So many of us lack courage. And we just think we're going to fail. But if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you attempt for God? I'm trying to expand your horizons, expand your dreams, expand your vision. When God puts a dream in your heart, when God brings opportunities across your path, do you step out boldly in faith? Do you expect the best? Do you move forward in confidence? My friend, don't shrink back in fear. The Bible says we're not to shrink back in fear. Oh, that's just too big for me. I'm not qualified. I'm not able. Oh, Brother Mike, I could never do that. God wants to do a new thing in your life. God wants to do a new thing in your church. Get outside of that little box that you have created. And like Caleb, 
we are to occupy Hebron and Debir. Like Caleb, we're to kick the giants out. In Joshua chapter 15, you see a list of all these cities. And these are the, this all as a result of Caleb conquering the land, basically obeying God. My friend, if you're a believer, you're walking in the favor of God. Every day declare God's favor upon your life. The Father's leading you. The Father is guiding you. With all things, all things are possible with God. And if you persevere like Caleb, God will open up doors for you. He will give you supernatural strength that you never thought you had. This is a new day, I say tonight. Enlarge your vision. Stretch your faith. Raise the bar. If you believe, all things are possible. Amen. God bless you. Good night. You got Say the favor that you give.